This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. Keep going. Um, never stop. No matter how hard it gets, never stop. We're playing for each other. I'm playing for each and every guy in that locker room. They know that I'm going to give my all, and you know I know I'm going to give get the same thing back from them. So um, keep going. Don't be discouraged and play every play and every game like it's your last. So that's the message. It all sounds great, but man, if he didn't look discouraged after that game, based on all the descriptions, all the eyewitness accounts, I don't know what discouraged looks like. Let's talk some football with Henry Burris. He's on Twitter, at Henry Burris, part of the official Bears postgame show that airs on Marquee Sports Network after every game, joined by Jim Miller and Cole Wright. And he joins us now on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Henry? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Thanks for having me on. We're doing really well. Obviously, the Bears are not. In in your assessment of yesterday's game, what are the things that you thought the offense did well? And do you think they'll be able to do them against a defense that isn't Denver's? You know what? I think yesterday was probably the first time we came out and when we watched the Bears from a 30,000-foot view, we could see if they had a game plan as far as how to attack this defense. You know, number one, they wanted to keep them off balance by mixing up the run in the pass. You know, use Justin's God-given ability by you know, allowing him to drop back in the pocket, but also getting him out on the perimeter, allow, allowing him to get into the flow of the game, using his feet, you know, using his ability to throw on the run because he's super accurate when he's throwing on the run. But they did a great job of helping the offensive line out because if there's been one area that's really, uh, you know, been an Achilles heel for this offense, it's just been the ups and downs as far as with the offensive line being healthy, but also in the inconsistencies in play. But, you know, that I think allowed Justin just to get in sync, get in rhythm, make the job much easier for the offensive line, mixing in the realm of Khalil Herbert and company as far as in the backfield. But you can see once Justin got in the flow, it was hard to stop him. And a lot of the things that we look forward to seeing as far as after this kid was drafted a couple a couple of years ago, we knew he had this type of ability in him, but it was all about finding the right type of ingredients to help pull that out of him. And I think yesterday was the beginning of something special, hopefully for for Luke Getze and Justin Fields, just seeing the way he acted, you know, just the way he, I guess, orchestrated that offense as far as, you know, giving the game plan that, that they had to attack the Denver Broncos. And yes, to me, it's not about the opposition that you play against. It's about you beating yourself. And we've seen the Bears do it time and time again, whether they move the ball in plus territory, they'd always have a penalty, a turnover or something to take them out of field goal range. To me, it was about it's about the Bears beating the Bears. And unfortunately, in the end, Denver made some plays in the second half with some adjustments made by a great bowl champion head coach and looking at the poison and composure of a former bowl champion quarterback. And unfortunately, the Bears just don't have that composure right now at this time. Want to check out the familiar face of Henry Burris? You can on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. They did have penalties. I think they had 10 penalties for 91 yards and some very costly ones near the end where they it, it did come down to them not being able to get out of their own way. What message is sent from the play calling, Henry, when it's clear they had a 21-point lead with a quarter to go and it looked like, all right, we can, we can run the ball here, let's eat up clock. When you do decide to throttle down and, and take some of that attacking mentality away, what does that say to a quarterback in an offense? Well, I mean, it's disappointing because, I mean, to see Justin start out 16 of 16 and really his first incompletion was that Hail Mary, which is a, a horrible way to to break the streak. But, you know, for, for that offense to come out in the second half, knowing 
And, you know, looking at the fact of the defense, knowing that they were 30th against the pass, going up against the eighth-ranked passing offense led by Russell Wilson, the best defense was the offense staying on the field. And in that, in that aspect, you have to stay aggressive. I mean, you have to continue to pile points up on the board because the thing is, if you're going to beat a team, you got to take their heart out. And unfortunately, the Bears just weren't able to do that. But, I mean, you got to tip your hats off to Sean Payton and friends, that, that coaching staff. They made some adjustments to apply more pressure to Justin Fields and, and take away that running game where, to the point where once the, the Broncos scored back-to-back touchdowns on two drives, the Bears only had one completed pass as far as during, during that time period, which, again, put more pressure on the defense. And once they upped the tempo as far as for Russell Wilson and friends with those weapons that he has on the outsides with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, uh, it's hard to stop that offense. And we've seen the Bears struggle with putting pressure on the quarterback. Now they have two sacks. They had one yesterday. And really it was, when you talk about the weakness of the Bears, it was firmly uh, as far as under the microscope in the second half. But unfortunately, the offense couldn't stay on the field. But you have to tip your hat off to the Broncos. But to me, if there's one play that really, you know, just sticks into my side, you know, as a form, as a former quarterback playing the game and now as a quarterback coach, you got to coach your players up as far as what the solutions are when the issues arise. Justin Fields should have had a great idea of what to do with versus edge pressure on a naked. And I know Jim Miller during our show, he was all over and I allowed him just to run with it. But for me, it really hurt me because the thing is, a kid like Justin, if you give him the right type of toolage, he can go out there and make it work. And he proved and showed that yesterday. How many times did we see guys, free rushers, that he's making the throws, putting them right on the spot, accurate throws while taking hits? You know, that's one situation where a quarterback has to be prepared for, because if you don't prepare your quarterbacks for the not so right situations, whenever you call up a naked or a certain pass, knowing what knowing what their outlets are, it can always rear its ugly face in the worst given situations and circumstances. And it did just that, which turned into a touchdown, which in a lot of our eyes was the game changer that led to the Broncos victory. It's also something, Henry, that I feel like has happened fairly often. We see teams utilize it when they deem necessary And you're right. There should be a plan there. And I think it's a constructive way of looking at it. What would you like to see happen? Because we've seen this going back to games last season, early in the season. The Texans come to mind where a lot of other teams were countering on that edge and getting exactly what they needed at the time. Shaq Barrett, the game before. We've seen this happen where guys will key in off that edge. What would you suggest or what are you thinking might be a possible solution there? You know what? Honestly, to me, this can be this can go either one of two ways. And I saw this last year when I was the assistant quarterback coach and I was doing quality control with Jacksonville. And I saw this with Trevor last season because we played the Denver Broncos, the same exact team over in London last season. And Trevor threw two critical interceptions in the, in the tight red zone, which – I mean, it would have led to an easy victory for us. But, you know, after having two turnovers and taking 14 points off the board, the Broncos got a victory over us. Trevor took it upon his shoulders to make sure that never happened again. He brought the coaching staff together and made sure that the game plan was had him in consideration as far as how can we attack this team? How can you keep me clean? How can you keep things simple? And we did just that for Trevor. And he went on and had, you know, for the rest of the season, an MVP type of season. It can go that same direction for Justin Fields and Luke Getze because I thought even for Luke Getze, he grew a lot yesterday as well because you saw in the first three games of the season in long-distance situations, they would try to push the ball downfield, not having the type of protection that just and the time that Justin needed to get the ball to one of his receivers. Where yesterday, whenever they were faced with some off-schedule being third and 15-plus or third and 10-plus, 
they took quick games. They, they just ran quick, uh, like quick game passing uh, concepts just to get the ball out of his hands, allow his guys to rack it. Whenever penalties occurred, they just chipped away at getting back uh, into position to, to, to be able to convert on third down, to be able to move the chains. So it seemed like they weren't trying to take too much at once. They were just taking what the defense gave them. I thought Justin did a great job of checking the ball down and getting the ball to underneath whenever the defensive zones would always drop and take away his primary route concepts. To me, both showed a lot of maturity yesterday, and they need to continue to bring that same mindset, but also grow from the points in the second half where, hey, you've got to coach your, your quarterback up. Whenever you install a certain concept, you need to teach the mechanics. You need to teach the issues that can arise, but then also you need to present the solutions that it's going to take for him to be able to execute and, and, and stay penalty and error free, which can help this team moving forward. Because, again, that's going to have to happen to me. I don't think they need to change a lot. They just need to hone in on the details, make sure that the penalties and the turnovers don't kill them in the end like it did yesterday. Henry, you said something about what happened down in Jacksonville that I think is kind of interesting. And I would love your perspective where Trevor Lawrence does go talk to his coaches and and takes it upon himself. When it comes to young quarterbacks, I know everyone is different. Everyone has a different personality. But how important is it for a quarterback or a young quarterback to kind of let it be known that they want to have some input onto how things work and what works best for them? And how would you suggest that a quarterback go about establishing that type of relationship with their coaches? Well, I think number one, it starts the flip of that because the coach needs to empower his player first off, just to let him know just how the direction that we're going to go and who's going to orchestrate and lead us in that direction, because it does start with the quarterback position. It's the job of the coach to put the quarterback in the best position to be successful, and that's period, point blank. And then from that point on, it's all on the quarterback to make sure that if he's thinking something or has any types of thoughts or concerns, you need to share that with the coach right away. And so I hope today Justin Fields is in there sitting down with Luke Getze and the rest of the coaching staff that's in charge of the passing game. And they're going over play by play the things that he sees that they could do better and also getting input from the coaches as far as the things that they see that Justin could do better or whatever situation or, you know, as far as fail communication might have happened on behalf of the other skilled players. They need to communicate those thoughts and concerns today. Because, guys, it's not going to get easier on Thursday. I mean, you've got a juggernaut of a defensive line coming in that's really all about putting pressure as far as on the quarterback in the pocket. So they need to make sure that they hone in on these little things. And it starts now, as long as they empower Justin, for him to be able to walk in there and say, Coach, let's sit down. Let's watch this tape together. Show me how can I be better in your system. But I also want to deliver some of the thoughts as far as to how I can play better and how our team can be it can play better and also have some thoughts on how we can attack the commanders because that's going to be huge for this team maintaining kind of this trajectory trajectory that they set for themselves as far as coming off this game against them and the bears are now it opened i think the look ahead line was minus four and a half went to minus five they're now a full seven point underdog for thursday night henry i want to ask you a quick play design question Mm -hmm. why when the bears run the bootleg and they have had some success, and they put so much on fields, making that defensive end miss, because that defensive end, every, it's like every time, is tearing ass right at him. And all of a sudden, nothing good happens until he makes that guy miss, either that little reverse pivot or, or just using, like they, they're relying on his athleticism more than they are the, the what I was always taught a bootleg design is supposed to do where that guy's not supposed to be in your kitchen that early. So even when it works, 
it's still asking him to do so much. 100% it is. And we saw him on that last touchdown pass to Khalil Herbert. I mean, he pretty much made a guy break his ankles. Every time, yeah. Every yeah. time. And you're correct on that. Yesterday, they did a good job of running two different types of nakeds because a naked is pretty much your edge is not protected, which, of course, occurred on the fumble. Uh, but they also ran some protected edges, which are boots. And they did a good job of allowing Justin to get outside the pocket while being protected, where if that defensive end or outside linebacker whoever was trying to fill in and contain Justin, they had him protected. And to me, I thought that was a great adjustment by Luke Getze and the offensive staff, just to give Justin that clean edge so he could get outside, look for Cole Komet or DJ Moore or even, or even Mooney as far as on the different route combinations they were running back behind. But you and I both know the other side gets paid as well. They're going to make adjustments. And they see these things occurring. And for the spotters that are up top, they need to continue to communicate, hey, they're 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 containing Justin backside. Don't run a naked here. Hey, they're making sure they add in an extra backer backside. They're slanting the defensive end to take away the run. So they're bringing two off the edge just to make sure they can secure both the handoff on the run and to box in Justin by bringing a linebacker because they've seen other teams, uh, you know, in the beginning of this season do just that. So there has to be proper communication because if not, these are the problems that can arise. And so trust me, the commanders are watching the same type of tape because they know in order to kind of slow down the pursuit of that defensive line, what's the next best option? Put the ball in one's hands and allow him to get outside and run either an RPO, a zone read, or like you mentioned, the nakeds in the boots. But there has to be proper communication with the spotters up top, seeing what type of contain or non-contain is happening backside on behalf of the defense. So therefore, they can make Justin aware, hey, just be alert. If you pull it on this play, there could be a backer in your face. So always find the, the things that we talked about in rehearsal practice of the next best thing to do. But unfortunately, they didn't do that, and I'm hoping that they can learn from that in this case. But I understand from Bears fans, it's frustrating watching this happen over and over again. But it is what it is, and this is where we're at. I mean, th- there's only four games been played in this season, and there's a long ways to go. And we're hoping that the best can happen right away And what's the best case scenario that you have a game in only a couple of more days? So hopefully this team can learn from those mistakes because, again, they're playing a juggernaut of a defense coming up. But, again, it's not a defense that isn't beatable. They can do a lot of great things. It's going to involve Justin using his feet. I appreciate you talking about building in the stop gaps and just how the, you know, the sausage is made, so to speak. I also think uh, maybe are we all overlooking something big here with – appreciating DJ Moore's game and what did you like about it? How did, how do you think the bears utilized him well in this game? And at least is that a building block that we can see as part of what you're discussing? Because he sure had a very nice performance and and was able to, I think, show what he can do a little bit in this offense. I was saying finally, finally, finally to see DJ Moore getting the ball, to see Cole Quebec getting the ball, to see Darnell Mooney getting the ball. I mean, I was like, where has this been all day? You know what I mean? All season long, because DJ Moore was brought here to do one thing, and that's make plays and to take this offense to the next level. And to see him get nine targets yesterday is exactly the, the, the target rate that he needs to be getting each and every game. And sometimes really into the double digits on top of that. But to see them run different types of pass combinations and put him in different spots and utilize his God-given ability. And to me, they can even still do more. Put him on the jet sweep. Allow this young man who's, I mean, this guy is strong. He's built low and he's strong as far as he's low to the ground. Or he's, you know, I mean, you can tell he can spot probably a car or something. But this young man can make people miss. And he's got, he's got you know, wheels as far as your feet. And I mean, this guy has speed that can that can change the game anytime the ball is in his hands. But to see them getting the ball to him early and often, and especially that touchdown, 
which he got both feet down, drove the front right foot and got the left foot down just before the right foot hit the pylon. It just shows you the ability that he brings to this team, the excitement to get the fans out of the seats any on any given game day, whether it's on the road or at Soldier Field. But he brings that next element that we're definitely going to have to continue to feed moving forward. Henry, you were great at this in the CFL. We watched the quarterback who's great at it in, in the NFL level yesterday with Russell Wilson. He's one of my favorites because his ability to run to open up windows to throw, I'm fascinated by that. So as someone who also did this at a high level, how does that develop? I know some of it is natural. like Some of it is just natural ability. But when did you feel like you could do that and manipulate defenses with you maybe running and then saying, now I got you because there's a guy that snuck behind you and I'm going to hit him deep? It comes with reps. It comes with repetition, but also a lot of communication and practice with your guys because it takes, I mean, when you talk about communicating with your players, I mean, this is a nonstop type of communication that's going to occur because you want your guys to understand, like, these are going to be the scramble lanes as far as on these given concepts. And you want to talk through every given scenario because when you do start to scramble, you want somebody to be on the same page, reading the same defenses as you do. And for them to know where the open holes are as well. But Russell does a great job, of not only when he scrambles, he always has the ball in a ready-to-throw position with his eyes up downfield. So as a defender, you really can't commit to him because if you do too early, which a lot of Bears defenders did yesterday, he's going to be able to find that open wide receiver down the field, of course, which he did with Jerry Judy in the second half, which led to a big touchdown, uh, which led to some big points as far as for the Broncos on their comeback. But he does a great job of playing chess. He's not only playing checkers. He does certain things for a reason at certain times, which allows his guys to work. But the best part is if a defense wins on calling the right type of defensive coverage versus a certain concept, you best believe that Russell's going to find a way to move and his receivers have a great idea. But if it's cover two versus crossing patterns, that's never good. Be alert for me to run, and these are going to be where the open holes are, and that's where the Bears can get to. So hopefully they're taking notes off of how Russell Wilson performed yesterday. Henry Burris, thanks for joining us. Great stuff. I appreciate it, guys. That is Henry Burris of Marquee Network.